and welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And we have made it. It is week 18, the final week of the regular season, and much to be decided for playoff teams. And this week on the show, one of my absolute favorite parts of the show, the final edition of our quarterly tiers. So I'm very excited to get into that. But we will start off the show, as we always do, with our recap of the Buffalo Bills. So this week, the Buffalo Bills defeated the New England Patriots by a score of 27-21. to Rob, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, very scary game watching this one. First play of the game, Patriots scoring the touchdown on that kickoff return. Was After that, you kind of felt like, oh, no, here we go again. And it definitely felt that way kind of throughout most of the game. Uh, the Bills, although I will say they, they, they came out on top and they controlled the game at the end of it, it still was definitely a, uh, the performance that you didn't really want to see from them. I know we both came out last week and we said we wanted the Bills to blow the Patriots out. and like We, we kind of needed them to blow the Patriots out and go into the final week of the season uh, just on a really high note, and they absolutely did not do that. I mean, they were outgained by the Patriots in total yards and passing yards. And if it wasn't for the Patriots, like four turnovers – I'm not sure the Bills win this game. So good on them for coming up in the clutch and beating this team, but this was definitely not the performance that I wanted to see from them. Yeah, I mean, I was on record last week saying that I would be disappointed if they didn't drop 40, and obviously that was the case. And really, this would have been the perfect week to do so with the amount of turnovers and short fields you had. It's kind of amazing that you didn't, really, with knowing the high-powered offense that you have at your disposal. I mean, Honestly, this was one of the worst Josh Allen games he's had in his career. Yes. He, he looked awful. He said as much post-game. Yeah, he was in negative yardage for for most of this first half. It, yeah, and like, and being Diggs, not being able to get him involved is definitely concerning as well. Yeah, and that's a problem we've been seeing for a while now in the last six games. And, like, Diggs, uh, pass place percentage, only 40% compared to 58%. Diggs yards per game, only 38 yards per game the last six games, compared to 86 in the last uh, first 10 games. And the most concerning thing to me was the snap percentage of Diggs. And you look at the first 10 games, he was out on the field for 87% of snaps. Now it's only 72. So that leads me to believe that maybe it's uh, maybe could be you mentioned maybe you think it's a hidden injury for, on Diggs' part. Whatever the case is, like it's it is a concern. It's something that they're they're going to need Diggs to step up if they want to make a playoff run. Yeah, absolutely. I end up with more concern about this Bills team this week than really I was hoping for. There's definitely concerns about this offense. I think we all know what the potential of this team could be, and the defense has certainly held up their end of the bargain, especially with the amount of key injuries that they've had all year. But this offense continues to not hold up its end of the bargain, at least like not passing-wise. Yes, I would agree. But the on a, on a more optimistic note, I do think the Bills kind of um, fall prey to something that maybe the Cowboys fall prey to, and that's kind of playing to the level of their competition. So on the, on the bad n- note of that, on the, on the negative side, they, when they play a bad team and we expect them to blow them out, a lot of times they often do blow them out, but a lot of the times they just play down to that team and make it a way closer game than it needs to be. And that's kind of what we've seen this these last couple weeks with really close games against the Chargers and Patriots. But when they play really good teams, they kind of rise to that occasion. You know, beating the Eagles, beating the Chiefs, beating the or sorry, coming really close to the Eagles, beating the Chiefs, beating the Cowboys. So obviously, you face good teams in the playoffs. So I really don't think the Bills have 
got blown out all the all, at all this year. They've been in like very close games. So I think the Bills rising to that level of really good teams is going to serve them well in the playoffs. And now they're not facing any more cakewalks. Yeah, I mean that could come into play, but yeah, I do worry about if this offense is going to bring out the best version of itself. Because with this team, it seems like you really have no idea what kind of version you're going to get every week. Yeah, and I know I felt a lot better about the Bills after they beat the Chiefs and the Cowboys, and I wanted to see them really like continue with their momentum, but instead we got two pretty floundering performances. Now I'm more concerned with the Bills than I was, I think, before those losses or before those wins, and just because their most powerful aspect, the aspect that the reason why we all consider the Bills to be contenders is not because of their defense. That's not what sets them apart. Nor is it because of their run game. Not even because of their coaching. It's because of Josh Allen's dominance and his connection with Diggs in the passing game. And that just hasn't been there lately. And so that needs to really be there for me to consider them a legitimate contender. Very well said. And now we go on to the Green Bay Packers, who, after a week full of anxiety on many Packers fans' parts, Came out with an impressive win over the Vikings, winning 33-10 to in an absolutely, absolutely dominant fashion. And Scott, what were your initial thoughts after seeing this performance? This is probably one of the highest moments I felt for the Packers this year for how much they dominated. Because, I mean, we come in with a lot of concern about this defense and what they can do and about shutting down Justin Jefferson, and that was absolutely no issue at all this week. The defense was amazing. That was one of the best defensive performances they put on all year. Minnesota was unable to do almost anything op- offensively, and the Packers side, their offensive was quite good with almost a 300-yard game for Jordan Love, and then Aaron Jones in the running game going extremely well on the ground, like seeing almost anything you could ask for from this Packers team this week. Yes, very impressive performance all around from start to finish, and the Vikings starting Jaron Hall certainly, I think, hurt their chances of being competitive in this game. Kind of once they started Mullins, they came alive a little bit, but still, that being said, this was a must-win game for both teams, and the Packers walked into the Vikings stadium, they walked into Kirk Cousins blowing the Viking horn, and they smashed them in the mouth. I mean, they more than doubled the Vikings' yards, they crushed them in every single category, they, they just completely dominated. And for me, this was this is a game that made me say, like, conclusively, this has been a successful season for the Packers. And I can't even, I almost can't believe that we're talking about them going into the playoffs, especially if you would have told me that after they lost to the Broncos and after, after they lost to the Vikings the first time, like, when they were sitting at 2-6, and six, I would have told you you were crazy. I thought they were one of the worst teams in the league. And the fact that they're 8-8 eight and eight on the fringe of going into the playoffs with a win next week, I just think that is an absolutely incredible job by this team, by Jordan Love, who has shown amazing poise, and by Matt LaFleur, and just by this franchise. This has been a really successful season, in my opinion. I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly, because I, I think we have 100% say Jordan Love is the guy. I think we can 100% say that now. 100%. I think that points this defense is still a concern. That's still, I think, the biggest concern for me. And going forward, like there are some good pieces, but I think there's definitely room to be added for the future. But to be able to be in contention for the playoffs in Week 18 and a win and in situation, and to have figured out, I think that Jordan Love is the guy. Extremely successful season for Green Bay. Yes, and more encouraging as well, the kind of revitalization of Aaron Jones, having two straight weeks of 20-plus carries and over 100 yards in both weeks. That's been something that they have not seen all year, as he's been out the majority of the year with injury, and when he's been in, he's kind of been a shell of himself. But last couple of games, he's come back to the vintage Aaron Jones that we've all been used to seeing. 
and so that's another positive on the offense. But like you said, really the concerns lie solely at this point with the defense. And once they face some better offenses, not the a la not the Vikings, um, we'll see how they're able to do. But like yeah, like I said, whether they win next week, whether they get into the playoffs or not, I think for me at least, this has been a successful season. Right. And from there, we go on to the NFL's clown of the week for week seventeen. Everybody loves a good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. And this week, the NFL's Clown of the Week is Las Vegas Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce. In a game that you absolutely needed to win, or you are out, no matter what. You punted, not once, not twice, not even three times, four times in your opponent's territory. You punted four times in Colts' territory to give them the ball back. Your defense is not your strong suit. It is not. And on a day when Devontae Adams is having an absolutely amazing day, over 120 yards of him, that you're not going to throw him the ball? Like, if you're trying to get that interim tag ripped off your name, maybe steal a couple games here, Pumping it away is not the key. Do you really think your defense is going to make a stop and try and save your season? Like, I'm sorry, if you think that's the case, you are sorely mistaken. Like, what are we doing here, Antonio Pierce? Punting four times in your opponent's territory. Antonio Pierce, you are the clown of the week. And from there, we go on to the fourth and final edition of our NFL quarterly tiers. So just a final reminder for those who have forgotten or those who are just tuning in for the first time to hear these tiers. We have five categories of tiers, starting from highest to lowest, the heavyweights. And these are the teams that we view as complete Super Bowl contenders, teams that their seasons at this point are Super Bowl or bust. They have all the pieces, and it would be truly a travesty if they did not win the Super Bowl this year based on their talent levels and performances. Then we have the midweights, who are teams that are very good and very dangerous, could potentially go on a Super Bowl run. But there are some things that we view are lacking in which they are not quite heavyweights. Then we have the fringe teams, who have some pieces, are some interesting teams, maybe some of the most interesting in the league, but for one reason or another, we view them as not being able to go on to a Super Bowl run. And then we have the mediocres, who are not very good teams, but they're not quite terrible teams. They're just kind of sitting there, kind of boring. Maybe in contrast to the fringe teams, the Mediocres are likely the most boring teams in the league. And finally, we have the bottom feeders, who are the absolute sludge of the NFL. There's nothing going for these teams. They're awful, and they are just absolutely horrible. (laughs) And it is there that we will start with the bottom feeders. And Scott, who did you have in this tier? So I had seven teams in the bottom feeder this time around and that is the Washington Commanders, the Arizona Cardinals, the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, the Carolina Panthers, and the Chicago Bears. And I also had seven teams in the bottom feeder category. I had the LA Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals, the New York Jets, the New York Giants, New England Patriots, and the Washington Commanders. And so from your bottom feeder list, I'm just wondering why you had the Bears here. I think they've shown they can be a little bit more than bottom feeders, so it would be interesting to see why you had them in this category. Well, the Bears' defense has been a little better as of late, and they have been able to put together some wins. 
bad. I just feel like there really hasn't been a great win. I mean, I guess you can say they did beat Detroit, but I mean, they're beating up on teams like Atlanta. And to me, I feel like that is just not been that great, honestly. Because when I'm still looking at it, like in terms of DVOA, they're still 20th. They still have the 21st ranked offense and their 14th ranked defense in that category. And with their wins, like they beat the Cardinals. They beat the Vikings. Like, it's just not been a lot for me. I could see that. But, and to push back on that, I think they've had, they haven't had a bad game of football in like two months. I think since October, they've been playing pretty decent football. I mean, they hung with the Saints very close. They beat the Panthers. They hung with the Lions. Maybe should have won that game. They hung, they beat the Vikings. They beat the Lions, hung with the Browns, beat the Cardinals, crushed the Falcons. So I think that's kind of a resume of more of a, a mediocre type of team rather than a bottom feeder, especially because their defense has kind of given them an identity at this point. And generally, I view bottom feeders as teams without identities. I think Chicago can, can hang its hat on its defense. And also, I think Fields gives you a little bit of a spark. Okay. I think that point is fair. Uh, one team I'd like to ask you about that's in your bottom feeder is the LA Chargers. So what do you believe puts them in this tier? Yeah, so I've been wanting to put them in this tier for a long time, and Justin Herbert getting injured and Brandon Staley getting fired really finally gave me the opportunity to do it. I think this is an I like they have this is a team without an identity. This is a team in complete shambles and in complete disarray. We don't know if they were supposed to be contenders this year or not, but if they were, then that is an absolute laughable effort because they kept a coach that lost them the season last year. They really made no improvements at all on the defense. In fact, they regressed on the defense. It just keeps getting older and older, and they have really no offensive identity. They don't run the ball well. They don't pass the ball well. They're not coached well. And this is a team that, again, just has no identity. I think they are a bottom feeder. Myself, I think the talent level is a little bit better than some of these bottom feeder teams, but I can certainly respect your point that you believe they're bottom feeders at this point. I consider them there, but I just think that they're a slightly above level of teams like the the Cardinals and the Giants and the Patriots, myself. I, I do see the point in that because they do have so much more talent than those teams. But oh. for me, it's just been so frustrating to watch this talent just fall flat. Yeah, absolutely, especially that defense. Yeah, I mean, that's just a travesty. All those big names they have. I mean, they have maybe the most household names on a team as much as anyone in the league, and they just have under exceeded so much. Yeah, and they're already so over the cap for next year. Like, they just seem like that franchise is not in a good state right now. Right. And from there, from the bottom feeders, we'll go on to the mediocres. And who did you have in this tier? So I had nine teams in the mediocre this time, and that is the Denver Broncos, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Atlanta Falcons, the Minnesota Vikings, the New Orleans Saints, the Cincinnati Bengals, Tennessee Titans, and the LA Chargers. And I, in my uh, mediocre tier, had seven teams, including the New Orleans Saints, the Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, Denver Broncos, Atlanta Falcons, Las Vegas Raiders, and Tennessee Titans. So, I'm from looking at your tiers here, I'm just wondering why you had the Pittsburgh Steelers. Actually, I'm not wondering why, but <laughs> let the audience know why you had the Pittsburgh Steelers in the mediocre category. Because I think that is exactly what they are, <laughs> mediocre. They still sit 27th in the league in points per game with 17.9. Sure, you could have your top 10 defense, but I don't think it means much to me. 
Like, I, I always kept saying weeks in a row, they score more than 16 and call me. Well, I guess they have scored more than 16 in the last two weeks, but I think overall their sample size has been proven enough to me that I think they are mediocre, especially with Mason Rudolph. I think this is more of a just luck kind of thing that you've seen with the Magic, Magic quarterback Magic this year than anything else. I Plus, I really don't like the Bengals defense very much anyway. It was a good win versus the Seahawks. But I believe this team is mediocre. I don't think that they're worthy of being in the playoffs. I think they're extremely mediocre and do not have much talent on that offense. So I, I completely disagree with this. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a very intriguing team because they can, I think, in my opinion, they can beat most of the teams in this league, especially if they're playing at home and they got some ferocity and a reason that they want to go out and beat them. For instance, like a rival, especially a division rival. I think the Steelers, when they have a reason to get emotional about the game, then they play really well. And this really just goes into Mike Tomlin and how he leads this team. Like I said before, he I, he's one of the, my favorite coaches in the league, maybe my favorite. And the way that he just gets his team to play, get the most out of his team every single week. And again, like you emphasize lack of talent. I mean, Tomlin gets the most talent out of this team that, that anyone can get. I think that's inarguable at this point. And for me, that, that that to have like the best or one of the best coaches in the league and just the, the fact that you know they're always going to have a winning season, they're always going to at least be in the hunt and could do something, get into the playoffs. If they face the right team, if they have a good day, they could steal a game or two. If the Steelers could steal a game or two, kind of a pun there. But I just think that that warrants Pittsburgh to be more than a mediocre team. And for me, like when you've lost the teams that I have in the in the bottom of here, losing recently to like the Cardinals and the Patriots, and also leaving to other teams that I've got in the fringe in Houston and Indianapolis, that I, I think it's hard for me to put them in the fringe tier when I see a resume like that. Well, I would uh, definitely attribute that some of the injuries as Kenny Pickett went down and those games were Mitch Trubisky games. And as soon as they get some decent quarterback play with Rudolph in there, they're able to hammer off some really nice offensive performances, two plus two games in a row, scoring over 30 points against the Bengals and the Seahawks. So I think the Steelers really, it's not really about their offense. Like They can still win when they score 13 points and 16 points, they can still win games. I think the offense has really just kind of been a bonus. The, the way this Steelers team wins games is by good defense and great situational football. And the, the good offense just makes them a bit of a scary team if they should make the playoffs. I don't think they're really a team that anyone wants to play. I think that any team would want to play them. <laughs> oh, I vehemently disagree with that. I, think I, I would take them over your... any other team in the playoff picture right now. I, I think put me against any other team. If you get, you tell me Steelers versus like a, a Dolphins. You're telling me you'd be absolutely confident Miami beats. Hundred percent. Yes. You sure? Yes. Uh, like against the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah, I think the Chiefs can beat the Steelers. Yes. I'd I be they could, but yes. I would not. I think be, I'd be confident. I would not be confident. I would be. I would not very be. much so. Do so you think about like the playoff games like? They're, they're usually close. They usually come down to like some key moments in these final games. I think Mike Tomlin is as good as a coach as any to get you in those perfect positions to win the game. I think he gives you a shot. I just think you can't write this team off. But, uh, alas, we I think we'll forever disagree on, on the Steelers. Going yes. back to last year and this year. Yes. <laughs> but going on to another uh, uh, staple, at least, of the mediocre tiers. I think we both agree that the New Orleans Saints belong firmly in the middle of this category. Yeah, I think they've sat in the fringe for quite a bit of the year just as we were hoping that they would come up with a little bit of something. No. They are, they are the just absolute kings of mediocre. Yeah. They do not deserve to win their division. They've had one of the easiest schedules in, in the league and they've made it look extremely hard. Yes. That is a perfect way of putting it. And to me, the Saints are a team that does literally absolutely nothing well. 
yet they don't do absolutely anything terribly either. They are just truly like the epitome of mediocre. I mean, they'll have games where it's like, oh, the Saints, look at that. You know, they beat the Buccaneers. Like, they, they kind of hung with the Lions in there. They beat the Colts. But then they have games that are just like, eh, you know, it's just not going well for them. Like, losing uh, like epically to the Falcons. I mean, really getting murdered by the Rams, even though that game appeared to be closer than it was by the final score, getting slaughtered by the Buccaneers earlier in the year. And it's just like this this team is really frustrating because we all viewed them as having the most talent in this division, a team that should have won the division, but a team that just is completely incapable of being anything more than mediocre. Yes. And from there, we move on to our fringe category. And Scott, who did you have in this tier? So this time in the fringe, I had six teams. And that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Seattle Seahawks, the Green Bay Packers, the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I had seven teams in the fringe tier, and they include the Steelers, the Texans, the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, the Bengals, the Colts, and the Packers. So I'd like to talk about Jacksonville. Why do you have them in this fringe category here? So I think when I think about Jacksonville's season, I think that they have severely missed expectations. I think even when they've been winning games, they've not looked that good doing so. And I've been an advocate for Jacksonville for the majority of the year. I think a lot there were a lot of weeks here where I'm saying I think the best is yet to come. They've got the pieces, all those types of things. And I think time and time again they've shown that they, they are not capable of doing that. And then going on a streak like they have, losing to after when they lost to Baltimore and Cleveland and Tampa Bay. And you finally are able to get a nice win versus Carolina, but I mean, it's Carolina here. Like, a lot of these wins that you're having were not that great. Like, you were just never able to take that step. And I think you're mediocre in both facets. You're, you're 13th at points for, you're 15th at points against. Like, you were, are just not that great of a team. I think they certainly have the potential to be, but they're not one of those teams where I could consider them having a Super Bowl run. I do, could not see them going on a Super Bowl run this year. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think they were going to go on a Super Bowl run, but I think they could. I, I, I don't think they will, but I think they could because I truly still do believe in Trevor Lawrence, and I think he could be an elite player in this league. But after that Bengals game when he got nicked up, I think he should have sat. Like, to play him, like, they, who do they play after the Bengals? Oh, I don't know, the two best defenses in the league, the Browns and the Ravens, back-to-back weeks. For an injured quarterback, that is a brutal stretch of games playing the Browns and Ravens like you absolutely should have sat Lawrence in those games and they paid for it they lost both of those games they, then they play the Buccaneers and just get slaughtered against the Buccaneers they finally sit Lawrence and they're able to have a good week against the Panthers but I really think that that these last stretch of games when they played Lawrence hurt is really what just kind of turned them in here but I still looking at the potential I think if Lawrence comes back here against the Titans, has a really good game, I think they can salvage the season, still finish with 10 wins, win the division, host a playoff game, you're okay. Now, unfortunately, they're probably going to have to, they are going to have to face the Browns. So I do think they are a first round exit, but I still think that their caliber of play still kind of warrants them to be just slightly above some other fringe teams we're talking about, like the Seahawks and like the Buccaneers and such. Uh, to me, I just believe that they're just too close to those teams for me to want to put them above. Perhaps. And perhaps it's just me holding on uh, dear hope and more than anything else. But I don't know. I, I just, For me, I just, it, I can't stomach putting them on the same level as like the Seahawks. Uh, for me, a team I'd like to ask you about is the Cincinnati Bengals. So why do you think they belong in the fringe tier? 
So the Bengals have, I think they still have a really good roster. I mean, we talked about this this team and this epic window, this amazing opportunity they have with, you know, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Mixon. And like, wow, this is like an amazing opportunity to have all these amazing players on your team. This is probably, though, the last year that this is going to be able to happen. Like, this is the window is closing, so to speak. And so you can't, even if you lose your starting quarterback, you can't just go from an amazing team to just, like, absolute sludge. So I think that even serviceable quarterback play makes the Bengals a bit of a dangerous team. Now, we know they're not going to make the playoff this year, so it's not going to be a scenario where it's like, oh, they could go on a run because they're not going to. They've been eliminated already. But I do think the Bengals are, they you know, they could ruin someone's season. Like, And if the Browns were playing for their life, in the playoffs here in this next week, I think I would not be confident in picking them and beating the Bengals just because I think the Bengals are too dangerous, even with the like of Jake Browning at the helm. For me, like this points for again, we're back to that, which where I'd been hammering this all in the first quarter of the season when they were bottom ten, and they still are, still twentieth, and their defense also bottom ten, twenty-first in points against, and also in DVOA number twenty-five, so bottom ten again for that. And for me, like, this defense has allowed the most explosive plays in the league this year. Like, Lou Anarumo has been able to cook, uh, cook up some decent things, being able to compensate a little bit at points for having both their safeties lost in free agency. But I think that defense is a liability, and I think hell is going to hold them back. And as well as that offense has been able to produce. But again, I feel like we can't chalk up that offense wholly to what it could be because they've been without Joe Burrow the entire year, or, or healthy Joe Burrow the entire year. I mean, and they do have some nice wins here. I mean, look at they beat the Rams, who we consider a pretty good team. And, they, you know, they beat the Seahawks, who we consider a decent enough team. Beat the 49ers, beat the Bills. That was early in the year with Joe Burrow. And then after, with Browning, beat the Jaguars, beat the Colts, beat the Vikings. So, and they hung with the Chiefs last week. So, for me, just a little bit above those, like, mediocre teams. I think they, they do belong in the French category, in my opinion. Okay. And from there, going on to the midweight category, who do you have in this tier? So in the midweights, I have eight teams. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns, and the LA Rams. And in the midweight category, I have eight teams. And those include the Dallas Cowboys, the Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, L.A. Rams, and Philadelphia Eagles. Man, it feels a little bit difficult this week to argue some of these teams. This is the closest. This is absolutely the closest we've been in terms of our rankings all year. Absolutely, absolutely. Based on all the evidence we've seen the entire season, I think it, it kind of uh, gets uh, our views to be a little bit more reasonable than at the beginning of the year, where we're kind of projecting more than we are analyzing. Yes. But at this point, I think there are a couple of interesting things we could talk about here in the midwinds. And I think one team in particular is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Man, I mean, they just have looked like a shadow of themselves these last few weeks. And I know that we kind of pointed out these signs that they may be a little bit fraudulent earlier in the year with some really close wins. I mean, I, I think you were a little bit more committed to the take that they were frauds than I was because I thought it was still really good that they were pulling out these wins. And they're not like, you know, I said they weren't like the Vikings last year because this team, we, we know they could go to a Super Bowl because they did last year. But I think you were kind of proven right in, in your um, fears that this team could be a bit fraudulent. And they've just looked like a complete shadow of themselves these last, this last month. 
losing to the 49ers, losing to the Cowboys and the Seahawks, and now losing to the Cardinals. I mean, this is a team that has lost four out of its last five, and I don't know if they, they are going to be able to overcome this terrible defense. In a way, I feel like they might be able to. I mean, yeah, this defense has been atrocious. To allow 35 points to Cardinals is awful. It's now been three straight games where they've allowed 17-plus points in the second half. Absolutely terrible. Like, that is not a good stat. I mean, but they're, because their offense has been so good, and I feel like it hasn't even hit its ceiling this year, I, I feel like that they're maybe the second-best team in the NFC still. I, I think that's where I'd put them is still the second-best team in the NFC. Even though we're doing a, a group of tiers, I think I would put them the top in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, it feels weird. It just feels like we're all we're kind of uh, drumming up teams to be like on the same level as San Francisco when we kind of deep down know that they're by far the best team in this conference. Like, it, it, like who is the flavor of the week? It was the Cowboys, then they get absolutely murdered by the Bills. It's like, oh, maybe it's, you know, Detroit. And it's like, eh, do we really believe that? Not really. And I was like, uh, Rams. Like, yeah. Like, no. Like, no team, to me at least, is on the level of the 49ers. And it certainly isn't the Eagles. Like, the Eagles, to me, are the most fatally flawed when you talk about the, the Philadelphia, Dallas, Detroit, L.A. The Eagles truly have something that I just don't think you can overcome. And that is a terrible, not okay, not mediocre, a terrible defense. And this was a team that last year hung its hat on its pass rush. It's hung its, hung its hat on its amazing defense ability to rush the passer. This year they have been atrocious in every category of defense, not just the secondary, which we always talk about. I mean, this is an Eagles team that is just fatally flawed. And on the offense, even Jalen Hurts is not playing to the level he was last year. So for me, I just don't think the Eagles can get out of this funk that they're in. I think they have the potential to make some noise, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were an early exit. Yeah. And you talk about Detroit, who is another team I feel like I want to bring up here. And they really played Dallas really close. I feel like they almost should have won that game. And do you think they could possibly make some noise in the playoffs here? I do. I feel like especially as of late, I've been somebody that's really been pushing for Detroit. I think their offense has been one of the steadiest and most consistent offenses in the league. People may want to say, okay, Jared Goff, this or that. But he has been really good. I think like your point, bringing up his comparison of stats with Josh Allen is, is a good point. But... Their defense has been holding them back as of late, but I think they did have some key injuries that players are going to get back and have gotten back as of late that are going to help them pick that back up. Because early in the season, I, I remember talking about Detroit being top 10 in a lot of categories as defense and top 5 in so many categories, especially offensively, that that is why I do believe in them. And I feel like they do have some room to peak yet. I think uh, Amonar St. Brown is a true number one receiver. I think Jameson Williams gives him a lot of speed on the outside if they're able to utilize him properly. And Sam Laporte as a rookie has been amazing as a tight end. I think this offense does have potential. I think on a good day, like Detroit could beat almost anybody in the league. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that for sure. But it's kind of a team I think may have its, its limitations. And when it comes to, you know, playing on the road, outdoors, do we really trust them to be good? I know they're really good in a dome, kind of similar to what Dallas is. Like Dallas on the road and Dallas at home, two very different teams. I think Detroit's kind of that way except for, Dale, you know, Detroit outside versus inside. But if you look at Goff's numbers this year, and this is Goff, um, a full screen from the first things first, when you take out the Bears games that he's played, he's 10-4, and four, completion percentage of 67.8, 276 yards per game, 25 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and 101 passer rating. Those are like MVP numbers from Jared Goff, not even understating that. Like, if you take out those Bears games, which for some reason, you know, weird divisional games, sometimes division opponents have your numbers. Like, 
the golf is playing really good football right now. And I think that the only thing that might concern me a little bit is if they get down early and they're not able to run their game plan. But I think if Detroit like gets out to a decent enough start, absolutely they can beat any team in this league. Yes. And I would also like to talk a little bit about the LA Rams who have been surging as of late. Do you think there's any shot at all that they could kind of climb up and maybe even upset like a team like the 49ers? I do. Because they did play a close game versus the 49ers earlier this season. And again, I think they're a team that is peaking at the right time. Like Stafford is playing at some of the best of his career and McVay is really utilizing that offense extremely well, bringing in players. I think it's something we've talked about a lot in this season for the Rams. This is the season of where players of unlikely comings have been able to be huge contributors for them. Players like Puka Nakua coming out of nowhere and being as good as he is. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that 100%. And two of the most, I think maybe the two most important things in the playoffs are your coach and your quarterback. And I think the Rams check both of those boxes off. You look at Matt Stafford, who is probably, uh, according to Pro Bowl voters, top three quarterback in the conference. I'm not sure I would disagree with that. I mean, he is a he won a Super Bowl. Sean McVay has done an absolutely perfect job of running this team. This is a team that we both had, what, like five, six wins this year? I mean, the way he's coached up, this is the second youngest team in the league besides the Packers. The way he's coached up this young squad has been imp- really impressive. And the Rams are as hot a team in the league as any, winning six out of their last seven. So I think that, yeah, I think overall I do think this team has some limitations, and this is more of a rebuilding year, which is kind of a surprise that they're in the playoffs at all. But I really do think that they are a solid enough team. It definitely could spoil some seasons, um, you know, in the wild card round, possibly even get to the conference championship. I would agree. And from there, we will go on to the heavyweight category. So who did you have in this tier? Uh, I think this year there's been a lot of fluctuation for me in the heavyweight tier, sometimes being lots of teams, and it's slowly dwindled down, and now I believe there are just two, and that is the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. And I would have to agree, I whittled down mine, it never really got to more than five, but I have three in this tier, it's the San Francisco 49ers, Baltimore Ravens, and Cleveland Browns. So I think obviously where I look to start off is with the third team I did not have, and that is the Cleveland Browns. Yes. So I these last few days have been um, the social media like defender of the Browns. Like for some reason, when I whenever I look on you know Facebook, Twitter, whenever I tune into these sport networks, you have Fox, ESPN. You know, all I see is talks of. Who can upset the Ravens? Will it be the Chiefs? Will it be the Bills? What about the Dolphins? You never know about the Dolphins. <laughs> no, absolutely not. There is a team that nobody, to me at least, nobody is taking seriously, or very few people are taking seriously. And that is the team that is obviously the second best, if not the best in this conference, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this is a team, in my opinion, has the best, if not, you know, the second best or the best defense, the best defense in the league. These last few weeks since Flacco came in, they have had the best quarterback play in the league. And they, in my opinion, have a top three coach in the league in Kevin Stefanski. I mean, how on earth are the Browns even a functional offense at this point? On their fourth quarterback of the year, your best playmaker Chubb got hurt. Your best offensive lineman Conklin is hurt. Like, how are you even a team right now? And the way Stefanski has coached up this team to be an elite level team is just amazing to me. You have Flacco, who is an experienced quarterback, who is way more experienced than any 
a quarterback in this conference besides Mahomes when it comes to playoff success. And to me, the Browns check every single box that I want to see out of a Super Bowl team. And the fact that people aren't talking about them as a serious contender is an absolute travesty. Well, I do agree with some of the points you made. I feel like you already wrote the Browns' eulogy in that statement, too, saying about how they're even a functional offense at this point. I think that it has an expiration date. I do believe Flacco has an expiration date, and I think that can come sooner than later. Like, I, I think they definitely do have a chance to win some wildcard games, but I, I just don't see them really getting through a gauntlet in the AFC. Like, even as wide open as it's been this year, I just feel like I don't believe that they can get through to the AFC Championship, and especially not the Super Bowl. And the way I would, I would push back on that a little bit, because even if Flacco does drop off, like we've seen with these other quarterbacks, but I don't think that will happen, just because, like I said, these other quarterbacks, these backup, backup magic ones, they're young or they're inexperienced. Flacco is a guy that's been there, done that. He's not going to get phased by anything. Like He's seen everything at this point. And he is a guy that just needs to play serviceable quarterback. The Browns this year, with serviceable quarterbacking with Watson and Flacco, are 9-2. and two. They are 9-2. and two. If they had Flacco all year, I mean, they, we could be talking about this last week, Browns could be the number one seed. I mean, we could have been talking about that anyway if the Ravens had lost. Browns could have had the one seed. So I think the Browns have beaten the Ravens and the 49ers, the two teams who we both agree are heavyweights. They beat them both straight up, no caveats. Like, they beat this, the both of those teams. And it's like the Browns are good enough to beat any team in this league. They've already done that. I truly think that all they need is clutch quarterback play to be a great team, and I think Flacco gives them more than that. I just have severe doubts in that. That can continue. But I would just say to everyone out there, even if you don't trust the Browns, you can get them from plus 2,000 on FanDuel to make the Super Bowl. So $1, you get 20 bucks. Uh, make that bet today. Today. Because that, that is absolute steal. I don't disagree at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's you have to admit, like, maybe you don't think the Browns are heavyweights, but, I mean, they need to, we need to talk, people more need, to, more people need to be talking about this team. Like, we need to, they should absolutely be in a conversation of, like, oh, who could upset the Ravens? Like, you can't bring up Kansas City and Buffalo and just be like, yeah, Browns are just like, no, they're at least on that level, at least. So I would definitely agree with that. I just... I just don't think that they're on the level of the 49ers and the Ravens, despite beating them. I still believe that, like, in terms of potential, that I think both those Ravens and the 49ers have shown that they are better teams overall, or much better teams overall than the Browns are. Yeah, I I could, I absolutely understand why people have reservations, just because the way the Browns have won has been, like, so unprecedented, and just all the injuries and everything they had to overcome. But, you know, I'm just, I'm going to roll with my gut here. I'm going to roll with what I've seen, and I'll take the Browns all day. And that's why here at Mark My Words, we mark our words. Yes. We bring them back, good or bad. Yes. I've already staked my claim with the Browns in weeks past, and uh, maybe it'll come back to bite me, or maybe I will rise with the Browns fans in glory here. But Mm -hmm. all that remains to be seen, of course. Yes, we shall see. And from there, we go on to the game picks for the final week of the NFL season. This is always a wild week to pick because you really don't know which teams are going to be playing at their best, you know, who's going to start, who's going to sit, even if they play their starters, are they going to be going all out? Who knows? It's all out chaos for week 17, but we will do our best to predict them. But before we do that, we will go on to the recap of last week. And that brings 
the totals on the year. Scott, 168 and 88, and me, 164 and 92. So, still four games behind Scott as we go into this final week. It will take a miracle for me to pass him now, but I will definitely try. And we start with the the Saturday night or the Saturday afternoon game between the Steelers and the Ravens. Who do you have winning this matchup? I have the Ravens winning this one. I have the Steelers taking this game. So, as some of you may remember, there is a bet from earlier this year <laughs> about the Steelers winning more or less than three games of the season, and they, they have so gotten far. to exactly three. Yep. So this is the tipping point. I believe in my bet, so I shall choose the Ravens. Yeah, I believe in my bet as well, and I said that no matter what happens, that the Steelers would do this and they would be able to beat the Ravens. So even if the Ravens had something to play for here, I'd still beat the Steelers. But the Ravens don't have anything to play for. I mean, they've locked up the number one seed. They, you know, everything is done. They can just relax. The Steelers have everything on the line. They lose this game, they're done. If they win this game, they're likely in the playoffs. So Steelers, Tomlin, must-win situation. I'm pretty confident Steelers go out there and win me my bet. I will say that last year, both the games that Steelers and the Ravens played were both quarterbacked by Tyler Huntley, mm. and they did split those games. Yeah. Both very close scoring, but they did split those games. Yes. So that doesn't give me hope that the Ravens could make it a close game. Yeah, I mean, this is always, like, the most physical game of the year. I mean, you talk about, like, the best rivalries. Like, the Steelers-Ravens, like, you are you are going to be bruised, beaten, and battered after this game. It's always like almost always a low-scoring game. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely a Steelers game that could be quite winnable, in my opinion. And from there, we go on to the Saturday night game. This is going to be an absolute thriller. Loser goes home in the Texans and Colts. And who do you have winning this one? I have the Colts winning. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I will have the Texans here. And why do you think the Colts? When I think of consistency, like the the Texans have had such a year with so many close one-score games. Stroud has been so good. The defense has been inconsistent. I mean, the Colts have had some inconsistencies themselves, but I think the Colts to be a slightly more complete team, and I think that they have what it takes to pull it out. Yeah, I see those reasons 100%. But I just, in my opinion, I think the magic of C.J. Stroud is just too great. Like He has just been an anomaly this year with his amazing season. He most likely will win the quarterback, the offensive rookie of the year. And to me, he just gives this team a magic that the that Gardner Minshew, while I like, doesn't really give that to the Colts. I mean, he's been really good this year, but Stroud, to me, just lifts this Texans team on another level. This is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to come down to probably the last play, and I'm really looking forward to this matchup. And I would say, too, like Stroud coming back from injury could play a bit of a part into it for my pick in the Colts as well. Oh, for sure. And, you know, two divisional teams, like it's definitely going to be a close game. They have everything on the line, so anything could happen in this game. And then from there, you go on to the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. And unlike last game where both teams had everything to play for, these teams really don't have anything to play for. Who do you have winning this game? I have the Bengals winning this one. I do as well. I just think the Bengals are going to play more of their starters in this game. Yeah. And just have some more talent on the field, and that would really be the main reason why. Yep, 100%. Don't really need to say anything more than that. Browns obviously resting up for their wild card matchup. Going to have their backups in there, not really going to need to play for anything. Whereas the Bengals, you know, you look at a guy like Browning, maybe trying to make a name for himself, going to go at it a little bit harder. And Zach Taylor probably wants to prove that he could be a good coach. It just, you know, not really much to play for for either team, but I think the Bengals will have a little bit more. I would agree. 
And from there, you go on to the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. And who do you have winning this battle? I have the Lions winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, I think the Lions will have some motivation, even if they are resting starters, to be able to keep a divisional foe out of the playoffs. Yes, 100%. Vikings, Lions, definitely some bad blood between these two teams. And not, I would not uh, be too confident in the Lions, again, because you question how much they're, how hard they're actually going to go at it. I, I feel like we all think that they could go at it hard, but you never know. I mean, Week 18, anything could happen. Um, Nick Mullins really is just kind of the epitome of a gunslinger, so you know, he could throw five touchdowns or five interceptions, or both. So I think this is going to be a wild game, but I do think the Lions are a little bit pissed off about how last week ended, and they're going to come out with a little bit of fire. Yeah, going for the kneecaps, old Dan Campbell there. I don't think yeah. he's going to let that team lie down. No, I don't think so either. That this is their identity. Like the going for the fourth downs, that was more than about just winning the game. That was about like restating to this team, like this is who we are. This is our identity. Right. And I like that. I absolutely like that. Me too. And from there, we go on to the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Tennessee Titans. And who do you think will win this AFC South match? Are the Jaguars winning this game? And I do as well. Oh, interesting. I thought you might be the Titans. No, I got to go with the Jaguars, have everything to play for. Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, I had you as my MVP this year. And uh, that's not going to happen, but maybe you can get MVP of the week by crushing the Titans here. I want to see a blowout going into the playoffs. You need this momentum. Oh, 100%. They need this momentum more than almost anybody going to the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, you had C.J. Beathard going out there against the Panthers, showing them up. I think Lawrence, you need to come back and just show these these Jacksonville fans that you can be the quarterback that everyone thought you were going to be when you were drafted out of Clemson. Yes. And from there, we go on to a timeless classic between the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. Who do you have winning this absolute barn burner? I have the Patriots winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, Patriots have always just seemed to have the Jets number. Uh, Jets will be without Zach Wilson. So it's Trevor Simeon again this week? Yeah. Uh, doesn't strike fear into my heart. Uh, that again, neither does Bailey Zeppi. But I think the Patriots have a maybe slightly better well-rounded team, and I think that they would like to screw themselves some more for a top pick. Yeah, so the Jets, and it's just, just really been a tale of quarterback woes. I mean, started off the year, like, season full of really high hopes. I mean, even your doubters were thinking you could probably make the playoffs. Like, maybe you, they certainly would be a middling team, but you have shown you are just complete bottom feeders. And even when Rodgers got hurt, Wilson was playing bad, he comes back, plays the best game of his life, he gets hurt right after that. So any, like, little positive thing you could have had out of the season just went away. Um, and, of course, waving Dalvin Cook. So this is just not – has not been good for the New York Jets this year at all. I just want to regroup going to the next year. Patriots have had the Jets number, though, over the last few years. Like, Patriots have owned the Jets, and I think that will continue – with this game maybe Belichick's last game as the Patriots coach who knows but if it is he'll certainly want to go out with the bang here and from there we go on to the Atlanta Falcons taking on the New Orleans Saints and who do you have winning this game I have the Falcons winning this one and I will take the New Orleans Saints here yeah so for me the Falcons did win this matchup just a few weeks ago uh both these teams, and really this entire division, has something to play for, for some playoff seeding. And I think this could be just a wacky one again, and just the crazy season of the Falcons. I think they will squeeze out a win. 
Yeah, I, th- I think the, the the Saints are the definition of mediocre. The Falcons are also, and, and I think they are a de- the definition of mediocre, but for very different re- reasons. The Saints are just consistently just mediocre to me, where the Falcons are the most up-and-down team of all time, and I, it's just truly impossible to predict them on a week-to-week basis. You never know what you're going to get. And so the Saints, I just got to trust them in that uh, just kind of flat line, like monotone, lifeless team. And I just have to think that the Falcons are just going to collapse here. That's kind of my theory on this one. But absolutely would not be surprised however this game goes. I think I would agree. Yeah. I mean, the NFC South has been probably just the most entertaining division just to check the standings every week. Yes. I mean, how like the, the how how are the a team like the Falcons still in, in contention for hosting a playoff game right now? It's just insane. It really is. <laughs> really, like if the Falcons win this division, they'll be eight and nine with like Heineke and Ritter as their quarterbacks, like hosting the Eagles. Like that is insane. That should be a massacre. Yeah. <laughs> if, just, if that happened. Oh my goodness, it's just insane. Uh, but hopefully it won't come down to that because we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing the Panthers, and I will have the Buccaneers winning this game and wrapping up this division as I truly think they deserve to win this division at this point. I have the same result, and I would agree with that statement. Yeah, but Buccaneers, just a team that neither of us had winning the division. I had the Saints at the beginning of the year. You had the Falcons. And I think Baker Mayfield really has impressed us both this year with um, not maybe elite quarterback play, but very good quarterback play, I think he has earned himself another year there in Tampa Bay. Certainly. And to me, just best quarterback in the division, it's clearly going to be able to stomp the Panthers' revenge game for old Baker, and hopefully he can lead them to a nice playoff win over the Eagles as well. Kind of look for the upset there. Ooh, very nice. And from there we go on to the biggest game of the week for myself, a game between the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. For the Packers, it is win and in. And for the Bears, similar to what the Lions faced last year, it's ruin the Packers' season if you win. So who do you have winning this game? I have the Packers winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, I think the season has culminated to this point for the Packers. I think they've, like I said before this episode, I think they've hit their highest high of the season, and I think that they could do enough in this game, even if there is not their highest high to defeat the Bears. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a very close game. I mean, Packers-Bears, like, very intense rivalry. I know the Packers just destroyed the Bears in Week 1, but both these teams are very different teams at this point of the year. I think both have gotten a lot better since Week 1. And the Packers, look, I felt really good about them beating the Lions last year when they had to win and in into the playoffs. The Lions had nothing to play for, and yet they lost. And that was Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer. So... I am thinking about that trauma going into this week. I know that I shouldn't be that worried. I know the Packers should win, but you never know what could happen against your division opponents. So Packers, take care of the football, take care of business, and let's ride into the playoffs. Absolutely. And then we got the Denver Broncos taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. And who do you have winning this amazing matchup between Jared Stidham getting his revenge on Aiden O'Connell? Do you think it'll happen? I do not. I have the Raiders winning this one. And so do I. I do not trust Jared Stidham. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I know these are like, you know, who we, we really looked forward to see all year, Aiden O'Connell and Jared Stidham um, instead of Russell Wilson and Jimmy G. But, uh, yeah, I think the Raiders just should have won last week against the Colts. Broncos just looked incredibly just boring and lifeless against the Chargers. I think Raiders have a little bit more pop going into this game. I would agree. And then you have the Eagles taking on the Giants. So Eagles coming off a just devastating loss to the Cardinals. 
Giants playing pretty close last week. Who do you think will win this game? I have the Eagles winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, Eagles playing some decent ball just a couple of weeks ago versus the Giants, but maybe a little too close for comfort, but I think they'll be able to get it done this week, and they do have something to play for still. Yes, they could still win the division if Dallas loses this week. Unlikely, but you never know. And, yeah, the Giants, I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. Um, the Giants played the Eagles close a couple weeks ago, and they played the Rams really close with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. So I think this could go, you know, it could be a very close game, especially how the Eagles have played. But I do think the Eagles will take care of business here. And then you have the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Arizona Cardinals. So Cardinals, nice upset against the Eagles. Do you think they want to ruin their division rival season badly enough to win? I do not, as I have the Seahawks winning this one. And I will concur. Yeah, Seahawks, just such a interesting season. <laughs> Lots of up and downs for them. Downs, quite down. The ups, I think not as high as they could have been for this team. Yeah, I really agree with that. I had this team being a little bit better than they were, just establishing themselves more. And instead, I think they kind of have regressed a little bit. I didn't, you know, the, we all thought, like, last year they had a defense full of rookies that played really well. I think we all thought they would take that second-year jump. And instead, it just kind of was a bit of a regression here. So Seahawks, Seahawks could make the playoffs if they win and Green Bay loses. I think one of them will happen. They will win. But uh, Green Bay, I think, will win as well. So Seattle missing the playoffs this year, and I predict – who knows what's going to happen going forward. I think this team with Geno Smith definitely has limitations. Yes. And from there, going on to the Kansas City Chiefs, taking on the L.A. Chargers. Who do you have winning this battle? I have the Chiefs winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, despite the Chiefs going to be playing lots of their backups, if they are locked into their spot already, I think that they can still take care of their divisional foe in the Chargers. Yeah, I personally think that playing your, your backups for the Chiefs would be just a very big mistake and I think the reason why is because Mahomes needs like it's amazing that we've gone the entire season and I'm still saying that Mahomes needs more reps with these receivers and it's not because they don't you know it's not because of Mahomes it's because they see the receivers cannot catch the ball like you need your starting receivers to be out there as much as possible to get them as ready as possible for the playoffs like the last thing that this core needs is a week off like they struggle enough already so I would I really want the Chiefs to come out and just play at their best this week Yes. And from there, we have the L.A. Rams taking on the 49ers. Both starting quarterbacks will not be playing for this game. Who do you have winning? I have the 49ers winning this one. And I do as well, but would not be surprised however this game goes. Uh, I was originally thinking about picking the Rams in this one, since teams had played quite close. But actually, I decided that I like Sam Darnold slightly better. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's actually been pretty good. You know, that one game where we saw him come in, he was pretty good. And I think Shanahan is just able to really just be a good coach. Whatever quarterback he has in there is going to look decent enough. Um, so, yeah, I would take the 49ers here. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Washington Commanders. The Cowboys, despite all their ups and downs this year, hold they control their destiny to get the two seed. And they have it right now. All they need to do is win to keep it. Do you think they can do that against the Commanders? I do. And I do as well. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Commanders were to cover in this game, but I don't think they can win. Yeah, I mean, Sam Howell, a great start to the year, phenomenal start to the year, exceptional, but uh, he came down just as hard as he went up. Um, this year, I just want him to conclude the year with a, a positive note, and uh, I think that he may have a good offense performance, but even if he does, uh, this team is just terrible, and I think the Cowboys should be able to roll here. Yes, they should. 
And the final game of the week, by far the best one with the most at stake, the Buffalo Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins. And who do you have winning? I have the Bills winning this one. And I will have to go with the Dolphins here. For me, the Bills are a team that have had the Dolphins number for quite a long time now throughout all of Josh Allen's career. Josh Allen has always been able to put on his best performances versus this team. And as much as I have came out and criticized this offense in this episode today, I think that they are going to bring it out and Josh Allen is going to be on his A game this week versus Miami. Yes, and that is the thing that scares me the most because, as we said before, when the Bills are playing at their A game, they are an A-list team. Like They are a heavyweight when they're playing at their best. And the thing that's played them this year is not their potential, not their ceiling, because their ceiling is still, I think, as high as anyone's in the league. Like The Bills still have a Super Bowl ceiling, but they just haven't shown the ability to reach that ceiling consistently. So these last couple weeks, they've still been able to win while playing pretty poorly. So that leads me to believe they could have a big week this week. That being said, I do think the Miami Dolphins are going to be very pissed off that they got stomped all over by the Ravens. And I do think they're going to be able to come out and take advantage of this Bills team at home with Tua playing. Probably I think he's going to have a really good game here, really looking to rewrite um, his narrative. He's kind of been seen as a game manager this year, and I think he's going to want to prove himself in a big way. I do think the Dolphins will get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Huge game. Yeah, looking forward to this one a lot. I mean, this is huge. And I think overall, I think the Dolphins need this game more. Like that, To me, like if the Bills don't win this game, it's not a huge deal for them Like if they still make the playoffs. But the Dolphins, like I don't think the Dolphins can win a playoff game if they're in the wildcard spot. I just don't. Like I think the Dolphins, like they need to be at home. They need to be comfortable. Like If the Dolphins are in, in an uncomfortable environment, I just don't think they can do it. Yeah, I mean, going into this one, the Bills will know their fate because the Bills may be a position where they'll know going into this game if they lose, they're out of the playoffs. And yes, and to me, this is something that is intriguing because I was thinking about like what would be better. And generally, it's like if you know you're going to be out of the playoffs, like you will play better. But I think the Bills, if they know that they have to win this game, they will lose this game. Is my theory. Like if they know that okay, if we lose this game, we're out of the playoffs. I think they they will absolutely lose because if they do that, they will break from what is has worked for them. They, Josh Allen will try to put on the cape. They're going to go to try full on like we need to win. We need to pull out everything. I think that is not what you need to do against this Dolphin. Thank you for listening to this edition of Mark My Words Football Podcast. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, the rest of the show has been cut out. But I will reveal to you Scott's Parlay of the Week, which includes the Baltimore Ravens, Indianapolis Colts, and New England Patriots all on the money line. This year, Scott's Parlay has been gold, winning you well within plus money territory and picking games at a record of 32-19 and overall. So, I would absolutely get on the board with Scott with the Ravens, Colts, and Patriots this week for his parlay. And again, we thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We would ask that you like, follow, and subscribe. We are on all platforms, and we'll see you all next week.